The Four Finger Discount Network is brought to you by our incredible supporters on Patreon. Each month we provide close to 20 hours of listening content, with our supporters gaining early ad-free access to every podcast, access to our Facebook community, prize draws, Zoom calls, as well as our Patreon-exclusive podcast Tales of Futurama, The Movie Guys, and Four Finger Discount 2.0, with myself and Mitch continuing where we left off back in Season 11. So if you enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you too can join the family for just as little as $1 per month and help this podcast dream continue to thrive by heading to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Link is in the description of this podcast. Not scared. Not scared. For God's sake, girl, you're eight years old. It's natural for you to feel scared sometime. But I'm too smart to get scared. Lisa, everybody gets scared, no matter how old or how smart they are. In fact, I'm scared of her. No, you're afraid of intimacy. That's because I know after we mate, you'll eat me. Your brother didn't seem to mind. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where we're always finding things in our back fat. This week we are here to review episode GABF16, The Girl Who Slept Too Little. I am Dando. <sighs> and I am Guy. Oh, just woke up from a lovely nap. That's weird. You just made me yawn. <laughs> that was a fake <laughs> you just made me yawn. <laughs> so, yeah, I hate to break it to you folks. Yeah, sorry, that was a fake yawn. I'm actually bright and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today, feeling good. Uh, but mm. even a fake yawn is enough to make someone else yawn. So, you know, that's a little fun with science for the... Uh, for the listeners out there. Um, yeah, and I'm Guy. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice to be here talking about uh, episode two of season 17 of The Simpsons. Yes, the girl who slept a little. Now, Dana, I pride myself on being able to read between the lines a little, you know, particularly when it comes to social media, because we all have to be able to read each other's minds when people are vague booking or something like that. But mm. I got the feeling that, you know, you weren't too happy with the way season 17 of The Simpsons started. And you know, it, ch- no. it changed track, you know, after one after a particular episode. But I get the feeling that maybe you weren't a huge fan of the girl who slept too little, or just you know, a little I, let down, perhaps. I think what happened was I watched it too late. I, I, the first Ooh. time I watched the show was about I, it was close to midnight. It was the, that I watched something with Nicola, and then we sort of done some. We do housework at night now, just because it's just <laughs> easy to get done when the kids aren't running around. So we're doing our our nightly housework, and I sat down. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this episode now. Housework's not a euphemism. <laughs> and I got down to the um, I got to the end of the episode and went, oh man, that was so shit. And then I rewatched <laughs> it about I don't know an hour ago, and I, it's like maybe it's just you got to be in the right mindset. I, I I I didn't mind it. Like I thought it was fine. Like I actually saw things that I missed the first time I was watching. Mm. I was definitely too tired. There was like lines that I've got in my favorite moments that I thought I don't even remember hearing this, and I watched it two days ago. So yeah. I clearly. Was half asleep, but you're right. I did put in our exclusive Facebook group that man, seven seventeen season seventeen is not off to a good start. And look, I mean, it's, this wasn't the best episode, but it was definitely not. I don't see it as bad as I thought two days ago. Anyway, <laughs> what about that's you? the thing. Well, that's the thing. I just I watched it not long ago, and I'm going, what's up with Dando? The fuck's this guy about? <laughs> the fuck's this guy's problem? No, no, this was. Um, but I thought, yeah, you know, look, it's a it's a bit of a slight episode. You know, it's not. Not great, and it's sort of a bit contrived in some ways. But uh, I was going. There's a lot of good one-liners in this, and you know, some. It's put together with craft and care. 
I thought. Yeah. You know, the story's not the strongest, but it's. I don't know, it's got plenty to to dig about it. No, pun unintended with the graveyard thing. But uh, no, I, I got a little bit of a kick out of it. I thought this was a fine episode. But I, I tend to, I like spooky stuff, as you know. Yeah, and I thought the um, the thing that I liked the most about this episode, I think, was the directing and the score. Because they really, I thought the, the animation in particular, like Lisa's dream sequence, and mm. her, there was one point where she gets scared by the owl and she runs through like bushes and the sky looks red in the background and there's bats yeah. flying around. I thought it was all animated really well. What about you? I, yeah, I really liked that part. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot to uh, a lot to the direction, but yeah, particularly the visuals that I thought was, yeah, really pretty neat. Quite well done. I mean, yeah, and Lisa's nightmare is definitely a standout in that regard. But I'm glad you mentioned the music because... Spooky music or is um, fairly pivotal to creating a spooky atmosphere. And I thought they did a really good job with this one. It's, it's something that I took note of and it's not something that I usually would take note of. But uh, It's usually the music you only tend to hear in the Halloween specials. Correct, yeah. So maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the case. But uh, no, I thought this was, episode was just you know, well put together. And it was quite nice, I thought, to get Dr. Nick. We haven't seen him for so long. <laughs> hey, can you remember the last time we saw Dr. Nick? I've no idea. I can't, so long you know, ago. As we've said on the podcast, they've almost turned Dr. Hibbert into Dr. Nick, haven't they? Mm. <laughs> he's become, he's not, a, he's not a good doctor anymore, unless they want him to be for the sake of a gag, but he's just, it's like they've blended the two characters together. Yeah, very much so. So I, I, I like that the, uh, when we see Dr. Nick in this, he's clearly fallen so far that he's robbing graves for body parts. Yeah, and I thought they, it was just as Lisa says, we've got a better doctor now, and he sort of runs off. I wonder if this was the last time we saw him for a while. I know he was in the Simpsons movie. He was the mm. one that apparently died in the Simpsons movie because he gets squashed by the um the shard of glass of the dome. But I don't, I don't think we've, I reckon it's been a good two, three seasons since we've seen Dr. At least a speaking role anyway. Yeah, so I was I was glad to see him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, no it was a nice little uh, nice little cameo, I thought. What what do you think of the cops as well? <laughs> some funny stuff with there I mean don't know if I could I probably could have done without Clancy up the tree with no clothes on uh, not up there with my you know favourite viewing experiences of 2023 so far but uh, no no they, they did their part in the uh, for the episode I, I liked um, is it Lou and Eddie yeah yeah yeah. I don't know I, I like their little exchanges it's like they're they're, they're what was that? Uh, what was that? Yeah, that was my dreams dying, or something like that. Yeah, I, I, what was, I heard something. Yeah, it was my dream slipping away, or something along those lines. Yeah, because he he could he got into law school, but he couldn't afford it. But the the other thing I liked about this episode was, and they actually point this out at the end, as one of the creatures says it. It's like, for God's sake, girl, you're eight years old. It was nice to see Lisa acting as eight again. Very correct. Yeah, we've we've gotten so used to it as we have we as we've said in the past on uh, previous episodes that she's kind of the mouthpiece for whatever issue or, you know, whatever's on the, the writer's minds. And, you know, they tend to adult her up just a bit too much. And, yeah, we keep forgetting that uh, it's easy to forget when in situations like that, yeah, this is a little girl who's going to be scared of things that, you know, to adults may seem irrational or not that scary. But, uh, you know, when you're eight, your mind's going to play tricks on you. It's, it's one of the things being a parent that I've learnt that, you know, for example, just the light being off is scary to Elliot. And I was like, well, well, you know, to go back to when I was four, light being off, it's fucking scary sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I had to have the light on until mm, 
I don't know, seven or eight. Not not yeah. not at, not the light. A, not a the light, but a like, light. Yeah. yeah, either in yeah. the hallway or a night light or something like that. Yeah, you just need it on because who knows what's lurking in the shadows. Well, I was like, I, I said to a friend of mine, I'll, I'll put the bathroom light on because the bathroom light you can see from Elliot's room. I said I'll put it on for for Elliot. And my friend's like, "What's he need a light for?" I'm like, "Cause he's four. He's like, oh, "Well, this been, seems a bit much." And I was like. First of all, you don't have kids. <laughs> so, 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 your opinion, I don't give a fuck. But, but second of all, I'm like, don't act like you weren't scared of the dark. We're all scared of the dark. And that's what I thought was actually quite a nice message by the end of this episode. Writer John Frink, it's almost like he was trying to say, regardless of your age, it's okay to be scared of things. Yeah. Don't like Because Lisa, up until this point now, for the last few seasons, like you were saying before, they've written above her age. Like She's acting like a, a teenager, like a young adult kind of thing. Where they're trying to say, no, you're eight. It's okay to be scared. Marge and Homer were also scared of the same things. It's okay to be scared of that. There was an element, though, of this story that I was kind of disappointed where, and it seems to be a thread so far in this season, is that they introduce plot points that don't seem to be continued on with. So, in this one in particular, when Lisa's laying in bed and she overhears Marge and Homer talking about other parents, Mm -hmm. right? I thought, this is is taking a different situation. I think this, this could be fun, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's just that one scene. And I know, I know it's not that important, but I thought it would have been interesting to have a story about the the Marge and Homer talking about like a, a mutual thing they have in common because we see them mm. fighting all the time now. But a the thing they have in common, it's kind of like on Seinfeld, they love bitching about people. I think yeah. seeing Marge and Homer bitching about other couples would be fun to watch as, as a, a married couple. <laughs> I really enjoyed that scene. In fact, yeah, it's among my favourite parts of this episode because, yeah, it reminded me of when I was... Not a child necessarily, but not quite a teenager. You know, I'm sort of in the tween years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, your parents have been out to a party or they've been hosting a dinner party at their, at your house. And you sort of hear at the end, it's like, oh, my God, and thank God that's over. It's like, oh, wait a minute, you didn't enjoy that? <laughs> or that yeah. was a bit of a task for you? You know, you, you, didn't like as, Be- you didn't like what Betsy was wearing? Yeah, yeah, you get a glimpse into the adult world and you realize, oh, okay, my parents are actually just people who, you know, sometimes – they don't get along with their friends or sometimes, you know, not all adults think and feel the same way. You know, I think when you're a child, you go, all right, well, adults have got their rule book that they operate by and, you know, they all do the same thing. Um, and then you hear, oh, Jesus, why do we invite that dickhead? <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh. it's like the, 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 ma- the marriage Bible, you pick and choose which you want to follow. It's like the, Or just the, the kindness Bible. It's like, yeah, it, what, as Homer explains, I thought it was a really good way of explaining it. When mummy and daddies have been <laughs> married for 10 years or whatever, and they've got nothing else to talk about, they talk about their closest friends. So it's like, <laughs> we've all been guilty of it. And oh, if you absolutely. say you haven't been, you're full of shit. You're, you're kidding yourself. Yeah. Now, I, I get where you're coming from, that it was really very interesting. I, I w- I'm happy that they didn't try to flesh it out more in this episode, because I think it could be an episode by itself. That's what I thought. I thought, well, you've introduced... Inter- uh, you've, um, incorporated this little story element here that I think is really good. I wish we got to see that somewhere down the track. Hopefully we do. I mean, maybe we do. Yeah. I'm not too sure. That it becomes like Bart overhears um, Homer and Marge sort of, you know, grousing about, you know, a dinner party they've just been to and like, oh, so-and-so's terrible and blah, blah. And he sort of creates a little bit of a, a gossip network. You know, he says to someone else in the playground and someone else overhears it. I don't know if the term Chinese whispers is... <laughs> the right thing to say these days, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, that game of telephone, Pope, Pope where it's like, <laughs> yeah, where things get misinterpreted, and it just creates this whole, you know, hubbub through the town. I think that'd be 
a pretty interesting and fun storyline to explore over the course of a whole episode. But I really like that part. You're right. I think it'd be a cool story to have sort of like a kids versus adult situation because we've had them before where, you know, the kids all get together, you know, whether it's Bart's Treehouse or at the schoolyard or whatever, and they all say, all right, we're going to listen to our parents and listen to what they, what, whether they bitch about someone else. And they'll write that down and like the kids will sort of like put a letter in the mailbox of, you know, the Flanders when the yeah. Hibberts make fun of the, of, the, of the Flanders and stuff like that. And they can be written going, we're getting, all, the, all the parents are getting all these anonymous letters about us bitching. Do you really feel this way? And then the adults turn on each other and the kids just sit yeah. back and laugh. I think that'd be or, fun. Yeah, do a whole... I know what you did last dinner party. <laughs> That'd be good. I'd be listening to this one, Bill Oakley or who. Whoever's <laughs> <laughs> writing the show, yes. Hey, my favourite. Uh, look, just a whole lot of one-liners and little side gags and bits and pieces. Um, I must admit, I mean, it's a bit of a jerk-ass Homer moment, but I really got a kick out of just the very start of the episode where, you know, the noise is waking them up and, you know, Marge is like, Homer, quiet, you know, get, do something about that noise. And he stuffs a pillow in her mouth. I yep. mean, it's like, yeah, that's terrible, but at the same time, pretty funny. And I liked his little dance moves while he was doing that as well. Um, Flanders uh, offering coffee and saying, well, here's some French roast. Now I'll make some toast. They seem to nail the Flanderisms lately a lot, don't they? They're very good with that. He's gone back to being the Flanders that we sort of remembered from back in the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marge being frightened by the count on Sesame Street. Go back to your own country. Go back to your own country. <laughs> I mean, it might not make any sense, but it just caught me off guard. I was like, what the? Yeah. It's, <laughs> but I love the, the, little, the, yeah. the count is creepy, though. One, two. Ooh. One, <laughs> two. One turnip, two turnips. <laughs> you, you have to wonder how the guys at Sesame Street came up. with It's like, well, you think about it, it's like, Oh, Count Dracula, of course. Yeah. You know, he's going to teach you how to count. But at the same time, who thought this was appropriate for children? There's some weird shit. Like, have you ever seen those aliens where they're just like, yep, 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 oh, oh. That's all they say over and over again. Have you ever seen those those aliens on Sesame Street? Never seen that. They, they just go, yep, 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 yep. And that's all they say for like two minutes for the skit. And you're like, you watch it now and you're like, were these guys stoned when they made this show? What the fuck is going what on is here? The thing? I mean, um, one of the funniest memes I saw was just a picture of Oscar the Grouch. And it just ended up, I am made of marijuana. And you look yeah. at Oscar the Grouch like, oh, you do look like a tasty bud. You um, really are, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, snuffleupagus, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, oh, Sesame Street was weird, but in the best possible way. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I loved Homer looking at the jelly and dessert with the grapes that it's like, what man would want you now? Just I reckon, and our man Pat Wright, one of our first ever supporter of the show, um, our first ever donor, donate, donator, donor? Would you say, did you say, do, did you say donor? They gave money? First ever donor? Yeah. And he like was a donor. donor to me just sounds like someone who's given me a, a body part. <laughs> <laughs> he was a donor who donated. Yes, yeah. He, um, he pointed out to me in a, in a message that he reckons that shot could be a throwback to when um, mm. there's something, there's no disgrace like home when Marge makes a gelatin dessert and Homer yeah. looks behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that so we just when you mentioned that. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Because um, they're all yeah, looking through the jelly desserts. What else? This, I meant, yeah, already mentioned the whole. Um, I was saying, I wish we'd attended that party. I mean, that, a whole episode just about that dinner party would be great. A whole Simpsons episode that's just a dinner party. Yeah. Just a dinner party or a cocktail party or whatever, you know. The people of Springville aren't necessarily that sophisticated, but I think every once in a while, you know, you feel the urge to get dressed up and sort of, you know, make adult conversation while, you know, oh, wonderful canapes. You know? I mean, they've already yeah. done that with 
you know, Homer, pretend, you know, clearly getting shit-faced, but he's like, I must get out of these wet clothes and into a dry martini. <laughs> One of my favourite bits. Most weird. Classic I Homer. Saw, I uh, saw it in there when you went looking. <laughs> um, uh, and speaking of Homer, I was like when they were seeing the child psychologist and he like nabs the book <laughs> and he's like tossing bookshelves in a way. It's like, you'll never, I'm not chasing you. You never will. Through this ring of fire. <laughs> much like, put it out, we're going here. I I really liked, so we're going back to that scene about the parents blabbing about other parents. And he's like, maybe you'll get a visit from the snuggle monster. I hope he's accompanied by the how was your day monster and the foot rub monster. And don't worry, he's not showing up. <laughs> I wrote down here, geez, no foreplay, Homer? Bloody hell. <laughs> foreplay? Eh, 10 years of marriage, mate. Just got to just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anything else? I'll get. I'll, I will point it out when we come to the particular scene because it oh, was okay, probably a, it was a really good side gag and one that uh, warmed my pun-loving heart. Next question: You there, eating the paste? All right, it is time for some trivia. But before we do that, we need to read out some shout-outs of our awesome patrons who support us here at the Four Finger Discount Network, starting with our man, Mr. Elliot J. O'Neill from the Simpsons Index podcast. He has donated $100 to us once again. Thank you so much, sir. You, um, you're an absolute champion, and it was a delight to be on your podcast. So check it out, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Simpsons Index. Go subscribe and listen to all of their episodes. The way they do their show is they get a, a newer episode, an older episode that have something sort of in common, and they compare them and review them from there. So the Simpsons Index podcast... Also, don't forget, we've still got our movie review exclusive of Pee-wee's Big Adventure from our man Brian Hughes, who chose that movie with his $100 support from last month. Also, shout-outs to our man Andrew Zer, our $50 patron of the month. Thank you so much, mate. Your support is really, really appreciated here, as well as the following people, our $20 patrons, who give us $5 every single week. Jordan, Moleman, Richie, Christopher Darby, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Pete Anderson, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Declan Phoenix, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Also, shout outs to our latest members of the Four Finger Discount family, Mr. Black and Richard G. Thank you so much, guys, for jumping onto the bandwagon. Remember, if you want to get your name read out on every podcast here on the Four Finger Discount Network, you just got to be a $5 per week supporter on Patreon. Links in the description of this podcast. But you know all the, you know all the stuff you get. You get all the early access to all the shows, bonus podcasts, Zoom chats with us, uh, Facebook group access, prize draws, much, much more. For as little as one single dollar we do, it's totally worth it, and we would appreciate your support. Mm. And should we announce that may, there may be a new podcast joining the Four Finger Discount family? Yeah, it seems that you guys really want a King of the Hill podcast. So we thought, hey, why not make that happen? I, just, I put up on um, on Twitter a few days ago, at Four Finger Pod, and just said, I feel kind of guilty, but I've never actually seen a single episode of King of the Hill in 26 years. It's just one of those shows that I just never bothered with. And now that it's on Disney+, Plus, should I start binging it? And fuck me, it exploded. People were just like, yes, you must watch it. It's the greatest show of all time. It was like everyone just sort of were just releasing all this pent-up just like love for the show. I was like, okay, cool. Okay, awesome. You guys love it. I'll definitely check it out. And I watched the first two episodes and, man, I was like... I can see why nine-year-old me didn't like this show. Not that I didn't like mm. this show, but I watched it and went, eh, it's pretty boring. 
But man, as an adult, I'm watching it going, this is like a show for me. So our <laughs> new show is now going to be available for free, but you can support us as well on Patreon. We're going to do some exclusives on there as well, blah, blah, blah. But the new show is called Speaking of the Hill, a King of the Hill podcast. Uh, the first episode is available now on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. The link is also in the description of this podcast. I can see you want to say something, Mr. Davis. What do you want to say? I, I wanted to call it Damn Hill Ass Kings. I did <laughs> see that. <laughs> <laughs> but I got vetoed by Dan. Well, look, I was originally going to go with that pot ain't right, but then it turns out there's already another show that hasn't done an episode since like 2019. But, you know, due to all the SEO issues that would come up and people were getting confused trying to search for it, I thought, we're not going to go with that one. And I just thought, what's what's an obvious one? This one got pitched by a couple of our patrons. So speaking of the hill, it is. It suits. It works. Yeah, I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. Go check it out, um, and I guarantee if you're a fan of King of the Hill, you're going to love that show. That show is basically going to be a love letter to the show because, as I said, We've both barely watched the show. I'd never seen it. Guy might have seen a couple of episodes, but mm. we want this to be a show, like a celebration of the show for fans of the show. We want as much uh, listener engagement as possible. We want to hear from you guys, mailbag-wise. Um, we're going to be po- posting up on our Twitter. So make sure you look out for those posts and really get involved. If you're, if you're a fan of King of the Hill, you are going to love this podcast. Uh, check out the link in the description and hit that subscribe button. Good spruiking there, Dando. All righty. So, as I said, thank you guys for your, for your support for the, for, from the patrons. Thank you for the patron support. But now, Mr. Davis, what is your first question for The Girl Who Slept Too Little? Hmm. What is Homer's pin? Uh, it is. I can scroll down. I think it's 74 uh, something, isn't it? 7431. Is that? I'm looking seven, for it. 7431. 7431. It's funny. I used to give out my pin number. You know, back in the day before you could tap, you had to put your pin number in. Mm. Sometimes I'm just like, here's my card. Can you Because they, they used to take the card and put it in. You know, they. I never swiped it. It's always like they put it in, you have to put the pin. I'm like, here's my card, uh, 1474, just just do it. I mean, that's not my pin, that's not my pin anymore, guys. So it doesn't matter. Oh, man. But I'd be like, 1474, just just do it. You know. And they're like, you he, he can't tell me. They're like, freak out, don't tell me. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching you. I can see what you charge me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> just, <laughs> but the looks on their faces when I used to tell them the pin, they're like, it's, and the ones that didn't go, oh, you shouldn't tell me that. I was like, now you're the ones I need to be worried about. The ones that are just like, oh, yeah, cool, 1474. I'll write that yeah. down yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm too trusting of people. But anyway, you, uh, my first question is, you've already spoiled it earlier. What coffee did Flanders give to Homer? It's French roast. Mm-hmm, correct. Stupid best mm-hmm. friend, Flanders. <laughs> so sweet of him. For, you know, French roast coffee and toast in the morning. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, what did Frederick Ives invent? Um, was he the first one? He was. It's not like half-tone print or something. Half-tone printing press. Yes, printing press. All right. My next question is, Lenny tells Homer to park in Carl 4. What two characters were the number three? Uh, Ralph Wiggum. Yep. And Patty or Selma? Yeah. Which one? Where's a coin? Patty. Oh, no. It's Selma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's but they look one? so much alike. I wish I wish most parking garages or all parking garages made themed parking spaces because you'd never forget where you parked. Well, here's the thing. You know, when the Four Finger Discount Network becomes the Four Finger Discount Empire, you know, when we're making money hand over fist, we should take some of that and invest in, you know, car parks because I think that's, you know, that's basically licensed print money. Uh, because if you parked anywhere recently, it's like, oh my God, why are you asking me so, for so much money? 
everything's so saying. expensive. It's crazy. And they can just charge what they want. It's just like, you've got they me can. by the balls. My, my car's already here. I can't get out. <laughs> I've got to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You... So when we have the four-finger discount uh, car park or network of car parks, yes, we should have Simpsons faces all over the place. And maybe, maybe if you quote the podcast, we'll give you a four-finger discount. <laughs> I don't know how much that is, but whatever. We'll, we'll decide that when we actually have an empire. <laughs> What's your next question? Um, the VHS videotape with uh, Baby Lisa. I knew Lisa you were going to ask me this. I knew it. Yes. I didn't write it down. It was a game. Yeah. What game was it? Buccaneers, wasn't it? It was the pregame of two teams. Was it Buccaneers? Were they one? Close. No, Can okay. you name at least it? one of the teams? Um, Tampa Bay. You're, you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. Hang, hang on one second. Is Tampa Bay the Buccaneers? Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa, they're the Buccaneers. <laughs> so, okay. so you already said it wasn't the Buccaneers. <laughs> well, it, but it's not the Buccaneers. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee, and the okay. And the Cleveland Cavaliers. I can see why you thought I was close. Yeah, Buccaneers, Bucks. Yeah, so it's actually yeah. a basketball game, not an NFL game. All righty. Ah. All right. Uh, my final question for you, sir, is... Mm-hmm. How much does the monster say a nightlight costs? They're like four bucks. Four bucks, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I can ask you one more if you're interested. Why not? Hit me. Okay. Um, some of the stamps at the Stamp Museum had numbers on them. Mm. Uh, what was Catherine Blodgett's number? 25. 37. 37. What do numbers mean? I don't know. Maybe it's like the, f- it's like the serial number or something like that. Okay. I mean, some had prices on them and some had numbers on them. As a kid, a stamp museum sounds incredibly boring. But I don't know, I'll be down for just looking at themed stamps now. Like from the back of the oh, day. Yeah. It's like, here's a 1987 stamp of the original Simpsons, Tracy Ullman shots. But fucking show me. I want to see this shit. Holy moly. <laughs> I don't know if I would make the trip out of the house to do anything these days. But uh, certainly not to go to a museum. But if it was a very good extensive website of, you know, historical stamps, I might pay to visit. I would like, I know I'm a super nerd of the 90s, but I'd totally buy a book that just had like, you know, when you get a, a set of trading cards, right? And there's like a, there's like, they call the gold cards or like the, like the, the, the rarer ones. Mm-hmm. I'd buy a book that's just like all the rare trading cards of sets, <laughs> <laughs> like all the cards that I couldn't get. I'd be like, oh, that's the one I've been, I spent so long trying to find that one. <laughs> I ate so much cardboard textured gum. Yeah, <laughs> to find that to little that piece card. of cardboard, and obviously the wall here in the in the podcast studio is, is all um is all trading cards. But I got I look at like the Jurassic Park ones, and I've got like the the six special foil ones from the the nineteen ninety three set up there, the original movie. And I remember back in the day, Card Mania, the car store here in Geelong, which became pop culture. Like each of those cards was worth like fifty dollars. Now you can buy the set for like five on eBay. But no, back in the day, it was like people wanted that shit. They were the they were the collectible of the 90s, I think, trading cards. Trading cards and pogs, don't you think? I think so. Um, oh, we called know, them Tarzos, ca- but pogs were also a thing, yeah. <laughs> back in pog form. We, that's, yeah. yeah. I know we call them Tarzos, but it's more fun to say pog. Yeah. Um, well, but trading cards were huge when I was a lad, too. I mean, mm. you know. You're right. I, I, feel like they, I feel like they died in the 90s, though. Like, 90s was like their last run. I think so, yeah. But footy cards, and I think I've said this before, but, you know, Kiss, the band Kiss was huge in the early 80s and late 70s. And, yeah, you could get Kiss cards. <laughs> um, Star Wars cards? Star Wars cards. Were, oh, I've got the Star Wars cards on this wall here, the original sets. The blue, they're, yeah. blue, they're blue and red. 
mm. oh, New Hope, oh, new, half, half of it's half of it's blue, half of it's red. It's the New Hope original 1977 card set. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I loved them. Yeah, and you, and you can tell when they're the older sets too because you look on the back and they're like they look like they look like cardboard with text on them. Like they literally mm. like they look brown. <laughs> they're not proper trading cards. They, just, they look legit. But um, oh, I, I feel gonna, like I'm, if it's the right license, trading cards could make a comeback in some form. I feel like we're at that point now where people are looking for something new to collect and what's old is new again. And I think they'd like the tactile nature of it as well. You know, yeah. Being able to sort of, you know, the there's a reason why unboxing videos are huge 100 percent, 100 yeah so there's you know that joy of like oh what am i gonna find in here when i oh you know even just buying shit from amazon or whatever or whatever place you know the box arriving at, get open it up oh it's so exciting it's like you've, isn't it you've, you've got yourself a little present it's like it's like you're your own santa yeah, it's like I say to people, the best part of getting a board game is opening it up for the first time, just just <laughs> popping the things out and getting the little stands and stuff. But I really think that, like, just for example, they said, right, we're releasing a trading card set, one of one card per episode of The Simpsons from the first 10 seasons. I reckon people will be all about it. I think so. Yeah, anyway, let's, um, that's another idea for you. Disney, make some money. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mo- Where's our check? Have we started the episode yet? We haven't even started the episode. Let's start the episode, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She's literally the biggest Friends fan I know. So who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. All right. The original air date of The Girl Who Slept Too Little was September 18th, 2005. It was written by John Frink. And I've looked up John Frink, right? He's written several episodes of The Simpsons beforehand, and he's still writing for The Simpsons now. Uh, he has written many episodes that are either Lisa-based or based around the uh, young girls. So mm. maybe John Frink's got two daughters. Let's look up his wiki page. Does he have two daughters? Or have a daughter of some kind. It's got to be his personal life. God, I hope so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't find um, a, a personal life here on um, on on John. But it's he's written episodes. For example, he wrote um, Insane Clown Poppy, where Krusty finds his daughter, or his daughter mm-hmm. finds Krusty. He wrote Bye Bye Nerdy, when there was the school bully. Remember, and that she gets it's it's nerd sweat. Remember, and she beats up Lisa. Yeah. So Bye Bye Nerdy was another one. Uh, he wrote uh, the Bart wants what it wants, was which was about Bart. Uh, dating Randy Wolfcastle's daughter. Ah, um, he yeah. wrote The Wandering Juvie, where Bart goes to Juvie and Sarah Michelle Gellar plays the, um, the the girl that he falls in love with. So a lot of the episodes are very, like, young girl based. So I'm, uh, I don't know. He's in touch and, with and, his inner child. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he also wrote Bart Mangle Banner, which I think is one of the worst episodes I've ever seen of The Simpsons, and Simpsons Tall Tales, <laughs> which I was not a huge fan of. So, you know, it's a misses, but it seems to be, and I think it seems to be he seemed to have been the right guy to write this episode as well. Because um, he, te- he tends to write the kids as kids, which is what you want. And I thought he did a really good job with this um with this episode and writing Lisa to be an eight year old. And it was also directed by Raymond S. Percy. Uh, there was no chalk gag, but the couch gag was I don't think one we've seen before, but the claymation one, which has Gumby in it. Gumby, it fun. Yeah, I-, I loved Gumby as a kid. Loved it. <laughs> I just wanted to mention though, you, you mentioned Frank and um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, a, ni- a nice childlike attitude. In the story, but at the same time, there are a couple of gags that are either pretty black or kind of like weird. Um, I don't know if we'll get to them. We get to them. Uh, 
I'm going to bring it up now, though. When there's that ad with the um, not the wild things from where the wild things are. And they're talking about a restaurant called Hillside Wrangler. I can't help but think that's a play on a serial killer who stalked LA in the 80s called the Hillside Strangler. Oh, of course it'd have to be. Yeah, it's just like, it's a bit dark. Yeah, for, for, for using a kid's license to do that. But also, the, well, the, is a Berkman used to have cartoons that were too smutty for Playboy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the whole way that that gag was presented. It's like, I couldn't do it because my, my cartoons were too filthy for Playboy. Like, okay. That, that felt, and I know I, we use this comparison all the time, but that felt very Family Guy. <laughs> and there was another moment that felt very Family Guy as well. We'll get to, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but we will get to that. Uh, but the episode starts with Marge uh, w- waking up because of the hammering sound outside. And I've got here really cool uh, directing here of every time you hear the hammer, it gets closer and closer to the house. Mm. Just little touches like that. I thought they went the extra mile with this episode with the directing. And Homer's dancing in his sleep. He's having a great time. He's not bothered by other sounds. He shoves the pillow in Marge's mouth, as you said earlier. And they realize there's a construction site behind the house. Once there was a forest, <laughs> now there's a construction site. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even want to go into the weird geography of Springfield. Yeah, I, I've realised by this point, when I first when I watched this episode the first time, I was annoyed about the whole cemetery thing, and I just went, it's just not worth it. It's yeah. just not worth it. And I know that kind of mindset is why we get this kind of thing, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a construction site, and they're going to be building a, um, a stamp museum. Before that, Flanders is there as well, and Homer just tells him to fuck off, basically. He gives him the coffee. They realise it's a stamp museum. And then Homer yells out, stamps rule. And he realises he said the wrong thing. Stamps suck. And Marge points out that all the noises jiggled all the grapes to the bottom of her jello. And it looks like the, the shot from the original, uh, there's no disgrace like home. Then Homer, like, there's a crowd of people here and they're, they're all pissed off. Why they're all pissed off? I'm not too sure. I guess maybe they live near the Simpsons house. Because if you didn't live near there, why would you care? I, I don't know. But this uh, this is where one of my, probably my favourite gag from the episode comes in. With a si- and I'm no fan of Sideshow Mel, but he came through with flying colours this time because he's holding a sign, a, an anti-museum sign that said, Springfield doesn't, doesn't like museums. And a docent is a volunteer who works in a museum. I knew a you class, that. No notes. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> I read that and I was like, I'm going to leave that one for Guy. (laughs) (laughs) That nerd will like that one for sure. That'll shut up the little SLB. (laughs) Uh, Then we get the montage here, the family doing different things to stop it. So Bart's on the um, the drill. Um, uh, Marge blows up a truck, I think, of some kind. She puts like a hair clip in it or something. And then Homer's jiggling for justice. That shot of him jiggling for justice. I've seen it somewhere else before. It must have been used for a meme or something. But yeah, the jiggling for justice was... Mm -hmm. um, not a sight you'd want to see, is it? Not really. No. <laughs> uh, then they um, they realise they've, they've achieved their goal. As Lenny says, they stopped it with good old-fashioned American complaining. Then Brockman's doing the news report and he says they're going to be moving the, uh, the Stamp Museum to where the cemetery is and moving the cemetery to behind the Simpsons house. And Homer says, don't worry, Marge, you'll be all right because you can maul me from your bathroom when, I'm, when I die. And then Marge, she sees them building it. She's like, it's, it's got the, it would be spooky when having a graveyard behind your house, like directly behind, see-through fence and all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if your your rational brain is very, very strong, <laughs> you realise there's no way these dead people are coming back to life, you know, they're just at rest. It's fine. It's all part of, you know, it's Nasaquenia, circle of life stuff. At the same time, though, middle of the night, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't sleep for some reason. 
is a whole bunch of dead people mere meters away from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would, it would do a number on you. I, I live not far from a cemetery. What is it about the cemetery? I've been in a cemetery at night once, and I would have been, I don't know, oh, probably 18, 19, because it was after high school. But I used to be friends with this guy that was always just like, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, let's go do something stupid. And I'm like... Okay, I don't want to be the other one out. We go to stupid shit. He's like, let's go through the cemetery and go for a walk. And I was at like 3 a.m. And I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. But, no. but I look back down, I'm like, why was I scared? <laughs> I remember at that moment going, I really don't want to do this, but I'm doing it because everyone else is doing it. <laughs> like, you might, yeah, I mean, how is it How is it dissimilar to just walking through a park? It's not. Like, I mean, but I was just, no. we're, walking, we're walking through. And we didn't do any damage or anything like that. We're just the, the goal was to walk from one side of the cemetery to the other. I remember getting halfway through and just going, just look straight ahead, don't look at the cemetery, just, just, just look straight ahead, don't, don't focus on anything, that, like, just focus on that tree. I know why I was scared. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a fucking yeah. graveyard. I think we've just been socially programmed. Like, oh, there's, <laughs> there's dead people underneath my feet, and one day I'll join them. Yeah. Well, here's a sign of, even when you're 34 years old, you can be irrational when it comes to being scared. We talked about Alec being scared of the dark before. Last night, I'm watching episode two of The Last of Us. Right? I've got the headphones Ooh. on. got the headphones on. All of a sudden, I hear the, the clicker and I look over and the back door was open and I was like, I think I'll just go close that door. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> lock it. And I put, I put my headphones off and I went and locked the door because Jet had just gone to the toilet. I just opened the door. He goes and does his business and he makes his way back in. I got up, closed that door and I'm like, now I may proceed. I am not watching this scene with that door open. It ain't happening. Very good point. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I used to, you know, Love going down to the video shop and getting, you know, horror movies. And I would stay up late. The covers after were just else. so exciting, weren't they? Yeah. They were fantastic. I'd, but yeah, you'd stay up late after everyone else had gone to bed and, you know, turn all the lights off and watch these horror movies. And I knew it was a good one if I had to go to the kitchen and get a knife from the <laughs> from the cutlery drawer. <laughs> this so is that's, so that's what I was doing. Mum blamed the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use them, but he was like, it's nice to have this here. But it's like, mum, I'm not trying to copy them. I'm really scared of this Halloween special. That's why I've got the knife on the kitchen drawer. <laughs> but so, the best thing about hiring some horror movies when you were a kid from the video store was, you know, I couldn't, you know, I could read, but I'm just like, I, 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 you didn't even bother reading the blurb. You just, you looked at the pictures and you're like, you created this idea in your mind of what this movie's mm. going to be about. You're like, this is going to be great. That little leprechaun guy, he's going to be a killer. <laughs> and then you, yeah, and this he time he's in space. And then, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. he kills people with a pogo stick and stuff. It's just like, you just looked at the cover and you're like, yep, those three pictures have sold me on this film. I'm going to hire this. And yeah, yeah. Just, the great memories. <laughs> uh and getting back to getting back to this episode, of The Simpsons. I thought it was great that when they actually installed the, the the cemetery, the graveyard, they spooky it up. Yeah, the creek oil, very cool, wasn't it? <laughs> yep, and you know, bash a few uh, tombstones around so they look all decayed. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was that was a nice touch. This is a little too spooky for me. I don't even like watching the count on Sesame Street. One coconut. Two coconuts. Three coconuts. <laughs> Go back to your own country. Now, going forward with this podcast, when something that I think a Simpsons... It's going to be like a nerd alert, right? When I'm going to point out something. <laughs> so, unless the episodes deserve it, I'm not going to go off on rants, right? But when there's <laughs> something that's illogical, I'm going to point it out, okay? Simpsons nerd alert. So, the whole point of this was that it 
what is it only behind the Simpsons house? It's not behind Flanders' house as well. It's not behind the the other neighbor's house. Or is yeah. it just the Simpsons house? How small is this cemetery? We've seen the cemetery. It's massive. But why is it just behind the Simpsons house? And why is Lisa's window the only one that faces it? Bart's room faces the back as well. What? What? <laughs> You've reminded me of time for some cross promotion. Yeah, <laughs> because. Uh, a friend of the pod, Charlie Clawson, was on yep. Four Finger Discount uh, not long ago talking about uh, The Last Temptation of Homer. I returned the favour by appearing on Charlie's uh, podcast, Fofop, and one of the movies we talk about in an upcoming episode is The Shining, and how one of the things that makes The, Sp- the Shining so spooky is that you look at the outside of the hotel where it's all set, it's like, okay, well, it's a big hotel, it looks like this. Then you look at the inside of the hotel and you realise none of it matches. You know, it's like... There's no way that this ballroom could be in a hotel okay. of this size. Or that window can't be there showing that because it does this, does that, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, maybe The Simpsons was paying homage to that or maybe it's just, you know, shitty continuity on the part of this show. Yeah, That's something uh, we've gotten used to. And again, like I said, nerd alert, it's just, you know, not going to rant about it, but we've seen Bart go, we've seen Bart jump out of his window as Lisa's doing the same thing. Like they both clearly go to the backyard, but why is Bart's the one? Is it because the tree's blocking the cemetery? I don't know, but whatever. I just, I'm just going to point these things out as we get through the episode, which, which when I watched it for the first time were annoying me, but I'm just at this point now where I'm like, you know what? Positivity, positive mental attitude. I'm not going to let little things like that fucking bother me. It doesn't matter. Let's focus on the positives here, but that's, I want to make sure <laughs> that when I say nerd alert going forward, it's going to be me pointing out my, my comic book guy disdain for certain continuity errors here on, yeah. the, on the Simpsons. The, 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 sad, the sad thing is, folks, that whenever he says nerd alert, he points at me. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Lisa gets teased by Bart from for being scared, but he also needs help with his homework. And Lisa's in bed and she's scared and she's trying to tell herself, you know, I believe in science and reality. I'm not spooked by this kind of thing. <laughs> and then Snowball 2 rocks up with a skull. And I'm like, motherfucker, if my cat rocked up with a skull, I'd be scared. Oh, my. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So oh she goes God. to jump in goes to jump in bed with mum and dad and I've got oh finally she's acting like a child and we're actually getting her scared of things. She's in mum and dad's mm. bed and we're now at the point where Elliot slips into bed with us sometimes. He's like in the middle of the night. It's actually quite scary. Like you sort of you're laying in bed and you open your eyes and Elliot's just standing there next to the bed. Because <laughs> he's he's trying to sneak on without waking oh, us. And it's just no. like Whoa. it's like, oh fuck, it's Elliot. Alright, cool, yeah, come in, mate, come in, come in. And sometimes Great, when he buddy. just now, now we're all scared. And sometimes when he, we want him to just go to bed. We're just like, I can't be fucked doing the bed routine. Ali, do you want to go to our bed? Yes. We put him in our bed. He goes to sleep straight away. I'm like, it's just easier. <laughs> it's just yeah. easier. I'm sometimes you've got to take the path of least resistance. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, and you know what? Sometimes it's just nice to have them in the bed with you. Like I can imagine. Like just, you know, you're just hanging out. You're just laying there. Like sometimes I sort of walk them to the, go, go to bed. I go to bed a bit later and Nicola and Ali are just sort of like cuddling, laying in the bed. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is sweet. Back to the couch for me. He clears some space. Yeah, Homer clears some space in the bed for Lisa to get in, including his margaritas, which he likes to drink at 3 a.m. Come out from commercial, Marge says to Lisa, you know, you can't stay in that bed all the time. You've got to make sure you go back to your bed. We don't even hear Maggie cry anymore. And I'm thinking, this is not the way to parent. <laughs> the first thing should be, Lisa, why are you scared? How can we How can we help you through this? Not, fuck off back to your own bed. We don't even hear your baby sister, you fucking sook. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason they don't hear Maggie is because the batteries have been taken out of her monitor for Homer's remote control helicopter in which he tries to save a plastic man from Marge's hair because no man left behind. No soldier left behind. No soldier left behind, yeah. I love that. 
Homer says to, to Lisa, you know, if you go stay in your own bed tonight, we'll do something special. And she suggests the Stamp Museum. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> we, at least we haven't forgotten about it yet. And they, <laughs> they, they go there. Now, here's another nerd alert moment. Homer says, and they said this purely because they wanted the next gag. Oh, it took us 40 minutes to get here. I wish we had one that was closer. Right. It's on the, the side of the cemetery. It's not 40 minutes from their house. <laughs> and what, Lenny used to live next to the cemetery? Yeah, well, Lenny lives 40 minutes from Homer's house? Lenny's got Nerd a house alert. now? I thought Nerd he lived in a flat. Nerd alert. Don't tell anybody how I live. Nerd. We need a soundbite. Nerd alert. I'm pretty sure The Simpsons has said nerd alert at some stage. So. Yeah. Lenny is charging $20 per axle gag we've already had before with Homer charging for the axle for the um the whacking day Woo-hoo. parking. Yeah. <laughs> Which is much funnier in that episode. <laughs> because the guy doesn't know. <laughs> but then we um we see Lenny's bought a diamond belly button uh, ring or just a diamond for his belly button and Bart is drinking the water for $1, pay the man Homer. It would make sense that Lenny, something more, well, he's got a house now, but they've, they've had the gag that Lenny's poor for so long, I guess. So him trying to milk this would make sense. But oh, also yeah. the gag being that if Homer had have just let him build it behind his house, he could have mooched off of them as well and made all this extra money. Hmm. Then they're walking in, the science says fathers and mothers of invention. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> wow, look at all these worthy Americans. My name is Frederick Ives. I invented the half-tone printing process. Thanks to me, Catherine Blodgett, we have non-reflecting glass. Eesh, butterface. And I'm Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the telephone. You stole it from me, Elijah Gray. Read the patent number, bitch. Then we get the Land of the Wild Beast chat. And uh, so we got the, the Hillside Wrangler promotion for the, the Land of the Wild Feasts video. <laughs> this felt like a family guy here thinking, I know they've done this on The Simpsons once before with, um, I think it was once before, with the Treehouse of Horror episode where Marge says, I'm so fucking embarrassed. But it was on the Jerry Springer show where here, the giant shrimp says, maximum two servings. And Homer goes, that's bullshit, man. And it's yeah. bleeped out. <laughs> it just felt off. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's a, a you know, a, not a callback to something or a tribute to something or I don't know. But just the science it, said all you could eat. Maybe, but you know, a, a hippie sort of yelling, that's bullshit, man. That sound that feels like familiar in some way, but I don't know how it's related to this and I don't know why they did it. Yeah, just but they did it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm also curious, you know, I wonder if they tried to get the rights to, you know, where the wild things are, because this is clearly what this is based on. I mean, maybe they went to the Maurice Sendak estate and he said, no way. Um, but, I mean, it essentially is where the wild things are. I mean, the, the characters all look exactly like, you know, the characters from that much-beloved children's book. But, you know, it's not called that. So it's a little odd. It's like the whole George Lucas thing when he was – what what name did they give him on that shit episode? Oh, God, I can't remember. Rand McNally or something, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was shit. But um, that, that is the worst episode. <laughs> that was Codependence Day. Yeah, the worst episode of, of, of we've, we've done so far anyway. But yep. you're right. It is very much just... It, the, the design is even just ex- pretty much exactly the same as where the wild things are. I don't yeah. think they would have bothered getting... They probably would have sent them a message saying, hey, guys, we're going to be doing this. But they're known for just doing a, a parody. And if you're doing it as a parody, okay. you don't have to bother with the, um, with the uh, mm. idea of being copyrighted or anything like that. So... I think they were just paying homage to it because everyone know, everyone knows that book and it is, for a lot of people, the first book that they read that. The Hungry Caterpillar is a big one. Harry yeah. McClary from Donaldson's Dairy, you know that one? 
I'm aware of it, but okay. I think that might have been before my time. Okay. I mean, after my time. Sea Spot Run, that was another big one when I was a kid. But yeah, it's, it's a very popular book. <laughs> Fun that with one. Dick and Jane. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but it also, it's like a, it's a book that everyone knows and loves, but it's also more of like a, an upper class version of a really cheap. It's not, it's not sea spot run. Like it's it's got yeah. a story to it. And it's kind of and it's kind of cool. And it fits the element of the cemetery with the monsters and things like that. I guess true. true. And also, you just it's a chance to have Mister Burkhart say that he wrote Playboy, wrote cartoons for Playboy that were too filthy. Anyway, <laughs> Lisa's then reading the book in bed and she looks out the window and sees Grave Digger Billy burying somebody alive because he wants to keep their nice watch that's on their hand. Whatever. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> it's a thing. I got a, another nerd alert. I'm like, so, so the Simpsons family all witnessed several murders and just don't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, Lisa, Lisa might be going. Well, this is all some weird fantasy. This is all in my head. Mm, possibly. Uh, Lisa then overhears Marge and Homer chatting about a poo and Doctor Hibbert as she's hiding in their bedroom. I don't care what a poo was in a past life. In this life, he's a blabbermouth. Oh, and that Dr. Hibbert was so boring. Homer, we've got to get that lump checked out. Homer, we must discuss your test results. Homer, we've got to find you a donor. Blah, 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 blah. I thought those people were your friends. Hmm, look who's sleeping in our bed again. I didn't know grown-ups said bad things about other grown-ups. You see, sweetie, when a mommy and daddy are married for years and have nothing new to talk about, they badmouth their closest friends. But I thought it was wrong to talk about people behind their backs. I spy with my little eye a girl who's not sleeping in her room like she promised. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, and I spy with my little eye something with four legs that can't run. Homer, we're not really playing. Oh. Is it the chair? Exactly. Now, what has two ears but can't hear? Grandpa! Tragically, yes. <laughs> and what if we show Lisa we can sleep in her room without being frightened? Hmm? Okay, Marge, but don't be surprised if a snuggle monster shows up. Well, I hope he's accompanied by the How Was Your Day monster and the Foot Rub monster and the Let Me Just... Don't worry, he's not showing up. Even though it has nothing to do with the story, I think it's the best scene in the episode. Don't you agree? I, I loved it. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know, grown-ups said bad things about other grown-ups. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't you... Yeah, don't you grow out of that stuff, you know? We do it on the playground, sure, but you guys are you guys are adults. Yeah, and it's, it's a thing, it'd be hard to sort of understand for kids going, you always tell us to be nice to people, but you're saying you're allowed to do it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just, I just thought that overall it was just really good stuff. And then um, Marge suggests that they go sleep in Lisa's bed, not because they're trying to prove to Lisa that um, it's okay to sleep in there, but she... Well, that, but also she just wants to go fuck Homer <laughs> without Lisa around. <laughs> so uh, Homer su- suggests that the, the snuggle monster might come, as I said earlier. And she said, only if the how was your day monster arrives and the foot rub monster. And Homer's like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Not that, man. They're both in bed. They both get scared as well. They see groundskeeper Billy apparently kill groundskeeper Willie. We never, we never see him actually get yeah, was killed. Was it Gravedigger Billy and groundskeeper Willie? What did I say? Groundskeeper Billy. Oh, sorry, Gra- Grave Digger. Sorry, Grave Digger Billy, yeah. And Groundskeeper Willie. Um, what do you think of Bart's race car bed with the brakes being shot? Uh, it, it, it was an okay gag. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a good laugh out of, um, what's that noise? Uh, the brakes are shot. <laughs> yeah. And then Lisa- I she that was funny. She can't sleep in the bed, Lisa. So she just starts watching Late Night Bonanza. Which to me sort of was just a bit nostalgic because you remember back in the day before you could choose what you want to watch, mm. it was just whatever was on late at night. And it's always just old school shows, just like Bonanza and Mash and shit. Oh yeah, 
there's a Twitter account I follow that will occasionally scan in pages from the uh, from TV Week, oh, the, awesome. uh, the the Australian TV Guide, and it has them from like the eighties. That's so cool, and and the seventies and that. And I'll have a look at them. And go, oh, I was probably watching on this day, and you look at it's like. Oh my god, we had so few choices and so much shit. Yeah, but you just but you just sucked it up and watched it because you had no other. You, you didn't know anything else. Yeah, I mean, in the non-rating spirit, it's like, oh my god, so many garbage shows. If you used to wake <laughs> up, really, I remember used to wake up really early on a Saturday. It was always Thunderbirds was on really early. Like if you were, if you, yeah, sometimes you, you didn't even check the clock. You, you you'd know what time it was by what was on TV. So you get out of bed and turn the TV on. Ah, oh, Thunderbirds must be five thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's astonishing just how you know how much garbage there was yeah there was a, there was a lot of shit um but you know but we loved it great memories well that's the thing and i've i'm sure i've said this before on the show that uh you know having those fewer options meant that you okay well you know you could read a book or you could go outside and get some fresh air but you know if you wanted to watch tv it's like oh well you know there's something on mm. and you know you you get exposed to stuff that you probably wouldn't seek out otherwise and might be something that, you know, you actually really got into. We actually had the, I had a conversation with my mum, something like this, um, this morning actually. So I went to, I took Holly because Elliot stays at my parents' place Tuesday nights and I now take Holly over to their place in the morning. We have breakfast together at their place because Nicola goes to work. That's and good. we're there and Elliot and Holly are sitting there playing like tea party, right, in, in like the, the playroom and they've got like all these just random toys. And I'm like, these kids fucking never sit still for like more than five minutes at our place playing with stuff <laughs> like that. And mum's like, that's because you've got the option of more toys at your house. I buy yeah. a few things and they sit there and they play with them for a while and they enjoy them and they relax. She goes, the problem is you've bought too many toys for Elliot at your place where he goes from dinosaurs to Spider-Man to fucking Paw Patrol. And she's like, there's so much to play with that he can't focus on one thing. I'm like, you've got a point there. Like, you've got a point. <laughs> when, when, you, when you offer so much, you become greedy. But when, it, when it's just a little, you appreciate it. Yeah, so this afternoon, Dan, I went to Geelong Online sales <laughs> all the time. And now we're rich, I saw, rich, I, I tell I, you. I sold my I sold my first thing uh, via uh, Facebook online sales the other day. Uh, it went through? Oh, good, he paid you? He did. He Hurrah! Very nice guy, Andrew from New South Wales, paid me first. So it's like, here you go, bud, I'll put it in the mail for you. Here's a photo of the, uh, the tracking number. Everything worked out fine. That's the only thing that puts me off to selling shit on eBay. I'm like, the idea of having to box it all up, I'm like, I can't be bothered. So at least with the DVD, it's just in a padded, padded bag or whatever. But I've got all, like, all these pop vinyls and t- old school figures and shit like that. I'm like, yeah. these all require a box. And I'm like, I can't be bothered. Where do you get boxes from? Bunnings. Are Bunnings are- Dan Murphy's. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know. I've got a go, whole. Go see, your, go see your buddies out of pop culture. Yeah, yeah. There's like a whole corner in our garage of shit that I have to sell. I look at it. and I'm like, I will box you up one day. We just actually sold Elliot's um, his race car bed <laughs> on um, on uh, <laughs> speaking on, of on yeah. online sales because he he's moved up to a big boy bed now. Like a proper big bed with no size and things like that. So his Lightning McQueen bed's gone, and we, we <laughs> a minivan bed. Yeah, yeah. We paid um like 400 bucks for a brand new so I chucked up for 150 on online sales and this woman messages me and like this this epitomizes like yeah Facebook marketplace right she messages mm-hmm. me she's like is this available yeah sure is she goes would you take 40 bucks <laughs> oh, wait I looked at that I'm like yep I've definitely listened to this at 150 I'm like she's gone from 150 to 40 I'm like and I, and I lied to her I'm like nah actually there's two other people that already want it they're willing to pay the 150 but you were first so if you don't want it that's fine I just said that to her she goes okay I'll pay 90 
<laughs> I just told you there's two other people willing to what pay me the full price of 150. And she goes, "Do you deliver?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm not going to be delivering it. It's going to be picked up." And she goes, "Okay, I'll I'll pay 130 picked up." I'm like, "I've told you there are two other people." And then she goes, "Okay, <laughs> will you take 140?" And I write back, "No, I won't." And she goes, "Okay, we'll be there soon." <laughs> the amount of trouble she went to. She's like, I just want to save something. <laughs> you got to give her a little win. No, I didn't. I didn't give her. She paid one fifty, <laughs> but she's just like when she was like, "Okay, I'll pay one." As if to say, like she had the power. Okay, I'll pay one thirty to pick that. And I'm like, "No, no, no, no." You don't dictate how much you're going to pay. I'm like, it's fucking 150 or you don't get a fucking race car bed. And she was just like, okay, look, will you take 140? No. For the sake of $10, you can fucking just come here and pay, you're paying 150. And she paid 150 and it was all fine. But I'm just like, when she first offered 40, I nearly fell out of my chair. I'm like, this is awesome. That is hilarious. <laughs> but the, the guts to actually type that out and then hit send, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fortune anyway. favours the bold, man. No guts, no glory. Yeah, exactly. The worst I can say is no, I guess. And I fucking said no. Don't you worry about that. But <laughs> where were we up to? Oh, the foot monster and all that kind of thing. I bought some... Where were we? I, the race car bed. Well, Bonanza. Mm-hmm. That's right. TV guide. That's what we're talking about there. So, Lisa, uh, Marge says we need professional help. Psychi- uh, psychiatry row. Yeah, yeah. Psych- psychiatry psych- row. Psychiatry, psychiatry. Row. Yeah. It's a weird word. So, I'm like, psychiatry... Wait a minute. No. That's not how you say it. Psychiatry. Psychiatry, <laughs> psychiatry row. With the nine cent shrink and the quack in a box, and they settle for quack in a box. sit and weep. <laughs> and um, they they say, you know, Lisa, she always took care of herself because we're so focused on um, on our elders who was a lot of trouble. And they brought the home video that she asked about of Lisa changing her own nappy. Who was filming that stationary camera? That's just their <laughs> way of just writing themselves out. That's just a cliche. Like, you, how many times have we seen home video footage where it's like, who was filming this? Why is there different camera angles? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love the movie Cloverfield, which uh, I think celebrated its 15th anniversary recently. Really? I've not and, um, watched it since the first time I watched it. I remember loving it. Such a good movie. Oh, I really I, love it. I, you know why I loved it? Sidebar, I was a big fan of a band called Kings of Leon, right? You know Kings of Leon. You know them now. Sex on yeah. Fire, they, they exploded. But before Sex on Fire, they weren't little known, a little known band, but you know it was still cool to be one of the guys that knew about them, right? And then Sex on mm-hmm. Fire and that what, what happened was happened. But they played a song from their album, Aha Shake Heartbreak, which is one of my top three albums of all time. It was just playing at the party when um, when it first started going crazy. Okay. And I was like, hey, I'm really digging this monster movie. And it's got a song from one of my favorite albums. This is this is for me. Like, it just felt so cool. I'm like, hey, hey. It's like, you know, DiCaprio pointing at the TV. <laughs> what a cool party. Oh, my God. It's just been ruined by a monster. Space yes. Monster. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, t- what were we going to say? Yeah. But, I mean, that's the gimmick of that is it's all filmed on, like, Oh, this is all home video footage of you know yeah. the guy who's filming the party or whatever. It's like this is awfully well filmed. <laughs> I mean, at some at some stage, the guy really should have dropped the camera. Although he does say it's like somebody's going to record this for history, man. It's like eh, I guess that makes at sense. Least yeah, you okay, you've given yourself a, at least you tried to explain it. You gave yourself a nice escape hatch. Well done there. Yeah, like, you, you don't mind. So, Watching in later, you don't mind so much when they at least try and acknowledge it, even if the like them trying to explain it doesn't make complete sense. It's like I appreciate that you at least. Thought about that people are going yeah. to be annoyed by this and you tried to make an explanation for it. Yeah. And you'll either have generous people like myself who'll go, okay. <laughs> or you'll have people who just, they'll check out regardless. Go, I still don't think you would have done that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they just got to sit back and go, was I entertained? And yes, I was. It certainly was. Why did that All film right. never uh, get a sequel? Did it need a sequel? It didn't really. I mean, but 
I mean, there are a couple of sequels, quote unquote sequels. Prequel, right? Or was, it, or, or was, Clo- was that other one? Ten Cloverfield Lane, I, I get the feeling that was basically created as a movie that was just, there's some there's something happening, we have to stay in this house, and they tack the Cloverfield stuff onto the end of it. Okay. Uh, so I've never, I've never actually the, watched it, surprisingly. That's a, it's a really good movie. Okay. And even the Cloverfield stuff that feels tacked on actually kind of works. It's a, it's really, really good. So would you call it a not a sequel, it's more like in the moment, so it's almost like together? It's in the Cloverfield universe, yeah, okay. shall we say. Yeah. And there is a like a prequel called The Cloverfield Paradox, which I think was also initially called something else and designed as something else. And they said, if we put the Cloverfield name on this, more people might watch this rather blah space movie. Cloverfield Paradox? I've never even heard of this one. It's on uh, It's on Netflix, I think. Okay. Yeah. No good? Not worth watching? I've watched it once and I'm like, well, this is just a, a really lame alien knockoff. Okay. And they're just, tagged, yeah, so, just put, no, attached the license to it. Yeah, okay. Mr. and Mrs. Simpson... To overcome her neglect, Lisa had to suppress her childhood fears. My 10-week program can help her learn to be a kid again. Well worth the $4,000. $4,000? Now, Marge, when our little girl's happiness is at stake... Run, Marge! Start the car! I'm not chasing you, Mr. Simpson. And you won't, unless you can leap through fire! Lisa is with Bart at the gate. And she says that she's going to conquer her fears by staying in the cemetery overnight. And Bart says, you know, because you keep staying in bed with Dad, you're going to be killed if he rolls on top of you. I like the... You know, Mum's taught me how to build a retaining wall out of pillows. <laughs> Nerd alert, Lisa doesn't just jump the back fence or go through the fence to get to the cemetery. She goes around to the gate. Mm. Secondly, how is she locked in? Like, could she not just go over the back fence? I know there's spikes, but could you not just somehow get help over the back fence? Third of all, I was not paying. Third, <laughs> third. third of all, when the door closes, what happens to Bart? Did he just run off? <laughs> These are all valid questions, none of which I really paid much attention to. Yeah, like because the door slams right behind her as soon as she walks in. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm here by myself. I need to get out." And I'm like, "What happened to Bart? He was just there with her." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I did like the gag of the security guard walking past. He's like, "Oh, I was just here to visit an old <laughs> dead friend of mine." <laughs> and we come back um, from the commercial as we said Santa's little helper he bails on Lisa she says you can stay you can leave so he leaves and this is where she comes across Dr. Nick or should we say Dr. Octopus hi Dr. Nick hi everybody I mean uh, I'm not Dr. Nick I'm Dr. Octopus ha I'm going to get you Spidey then I will have upside down kiss with Mary Jane mm-hmm. bye Dr. Nick bye Lisa and remember, you have a checkup next Thursday. We don't go to you anymore. We have a better doctor. Oh, congratulations. When you realize that he was just waving four arms, eight-year-old Lisa should have been like, the fuck? <laughs> this, yeah, this is legitimately disturbing. Yeah. As opposed to all the shit that's in your imagination. Like He's actually got <laughs> corpses. He's... He, He's waving dead arms. It just sort of dawned on me. He was was digging up bodies. (laughs) What was he doing with them? Attaching them to Mr. McGregor. An arm for a a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. An arm for a leg. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she says, we've got a better doctor now and he races off. I like the animation of him running off too. He just looked like a villain. But the police are then, they (laughs) arrive and they're looking for the grave robber. So they disappear. Lou and and Eddie disappear. They pull a Bart (laughs) and... Clancy needs to get out of his cop uniform because he's getting all sweaty. He doesn't want to be caught. He takes off his clothes and he finds his Walkman 
and his back fat. Yeesh. Not good. Um, then we get Lou and Eddie discussing Lou not being able to afford law school, and then they um, they overhear something, and it's um it's just Lisa wandering around. I think they, see, they hear Lisa walking around. She says, "If Scooby Doo's taught me anything, the only people to fear are crooked real estate developers." And I'm like, it's "So true. It's always, it's always <laughs> the real estate developer. It's all yeah, always the <laughs> old yeah, man <laughs> Henry." <laughs> Sometimes it's just a guy who doesn't want people around. He's like, I thought if I if I pretended there was a pirate here, they wouldn't come and bother me over here. And I'm like, this guy must be must really want to live by himself. He's going to all this trouble to scare people away. I can relate. <laughs> Old man Davis is the villain of Scooby Doo. <laughs> Stay away from my house. You know, you st- you let your grass grow high and you start playing music like Ooh! from your front yard just to scare the kids away. <laughs> But an owl chases Lisa into like the area full of bats. And I just thought the animation was really good here. She trips over and hits her head on a gravestone that says, Loving aunt, so so mother. Mother. <laughs> uh, then Marge and Homer go, they arrive home with the book that they stole from the, um, from the psychiatrist. And they say to, to Bart, where is she? He explains that she's staying in, in the, the night in the cemetery. And he says, it'd be good for me. I thought it'd be good here to just monitor the news, but he's watching Itchy and Scratchy. Um, he's watching Cats and... Is Cats a bad stage show? Because it seems to have gone forever. But whenever I hear people talking about Cats, they are not fans of it. Even the like the film apparently is horrific. I have not seen the film. Uh, I saw a stage production of Cats once, and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, what, what yeah, is it's the just story? a bunch of cats sort of telling you about themselves. Mm, okay, yeah. Anyway, but, so, but yeah. obviously Scratchy's not a fan of it himself, and he is a cat, so that says something. No. Something I'd, I'd noticed, and this may be common knowledge to fans of The Simpsons, it strikes me that Scratchy and Lenny have very similar voices. Just hearing Scratchy when he was watching Cats, and you know, he said something, it's like, that sounded like Lenny. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> it's kind of more high than Lenny, but you're right, you can hear Lenny in it, yeah. I guess it's yeah. the same person. Who, I, I, does, I know Harry Shearer does Scratchy, right? Who voices Scratchy? And he does Lenny as okay. well. Voice oh, Lenny yeah. Simpsons is... Uh, Harry Shearer, yeah. So there you go. So that would that would make sense. It scans. There's only it so many scan. different variations of your voice you can do when you do that many characters. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but they go to look for Lisa. They're looking through the cemetery. <laughs> Nerd alert. How did they get in? You had so many nits to pick with this episode. No, I, I understand. Not, I'm not picking nits, but I'm just saying, for those who just want to hate on episodes, these are the kind of things they'll point out and say, this is stupid, this is stupid. So it's like, your story is that Lisa couldn't get back out of the cemetery. She's locked in there now. I, I can take it that the cops were already in there, but Homer and Marge were not already in there. So how do they get in there? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Move on. I <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to point it out. That's all that mattered. And then we get Lisa's dream. How scary was the skeleton going, but I'm not grandma. I'm like, fuck me. Like, <laughs> oh, if I was a kid watching this, I'd be kind of scared. But we get the, um, the, the dream about her visiting the... The where the wild things are animals, or was it where the hmm. what, what do they call it in The Simpsons? Beasts, the beasts, yeah, yeah, they're beasts. Yeah. And they explained to Lisa that it's, it's okay to be scared. You know, you're eight years old, girl. Like, be scared. Even when you're an adult, it's okay to be scared. There's nothing wrong with being uh, being scared. And she realizes this, and she's overcome her fear somewhat. And they say, "Don't if you ever want to see us again, we're just a concussion away." And as she's waking up, Homer says, "Oh, I'll give you a pony if you wake up." She's like, "Pony, you're still part of your dream. Still part of your dream." <laughs> and now. By the, by the way, let's not forget uh, the guest appearance in Lisa's Nightmare by Millhouse. Of course, yeah, the slum. It's always Millhouse, though. Making, making her a dream house out of slime. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't always go to Millhouse. I know that's yeah. the gag, but it's always just like, we just, it's always like, why is it always Millhouse and Lisa? <laughs> it's got to be somebody else. 
There's actually a new episode of The Simpsons from season 34 where she dates Nelson in the future, I believe, which I heard oh. is quite good. So I'm going to check that out. That's available now on Disney Plus here in Australia. Uh, but anyway, so she wakes up from a dream. Marge says, don't worry, sweetheart, we'll help you straighten out your fears. And Lisa says, I think I'm pretty good now, but I don't know, I'll appreciate your help. But let's just go get some breakfast. And which I thought was actually quite a nice way to wrap things up. It was. Yeah. And, um, and that's how that's how the episode ends. Oh, it ends with Wiggum still in the tree. And oh, of course. You won't, you won't come down until Lou offers a pizza bagel. Let's roll. Uh, I remember yeah. watching that. I remember watching this for when I was a kid, like when I was younger. So this was, what, 2005? So I would have been, how old? 17-ish, 16-ish, whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought, I remember liking that ending a lot. I thought it was very funny. Let's roll. Because <laughs> pizza bagels are very good. Big fan of pizza bagels. I'm not sure I've ever had one. Really? Hmm. I, my, my first plain bagel that I ever had was in America. We were in Connecticut at the time at a friend Ooh. of uh, Nicola's house. And her dad made us a, a, a bagel. I think I've explained this on the podcast, which had the um, the salmon on it. Yeah. I believe cream cream cheese, maybe? Bagels and lox, man. You had- yeah, uh, It was fucking delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought- <laughs> I am a I am very pro smoked salmon cream cheese, thinly sliced Spanish onion, a bit of lemon juice on on a bagel. Yeah. <gasps> oh my! I remember God. the time going. I don't think I really like salmon, and then thinking, but you know, we're at a guest house. I'm not going to be fussy, whatever. Yeah. And I took a bite, and I was like, Oh my God! <laughs> oh, I do like salmon. <laughs> I do like this, and I like you more now too, sir. But yes, that. <laughs> That is uh, The Girl Who Slept Too Little, an episode that, as you said at the start, had a, it's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> I, I, learned, I know I wrote in the Patreon group that I was like, this is a shit episode. And I rewatched it and I went, huh, it's not so shit. What was I thinking? This is actually, <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It's actually, I really enjoy I like the element of Lisa being Lisa, being an eight-year-old, I should say, and the, the scene with Homer and Marge being parents. And although they weren't very good parents at the start, trying to kick her out of bed, they... um. They eventually wrap their arms around her and say to her, look, it's okay to be scared. We're here to support you, which is the way good parents should be. And I don't want to also miss out on acknowledging, once again, the directing and the animation of this, I thought, was really good, plus the score. Just every, everything seemed to sort of work together to make a quite an enjoyable episode. Indeed. Dan, I said everything that uh, that I wanted to say, only more eloquently. Uh, sure, the nerd alert klaxon went off a few times during this episode, but for the most part, uh, some good visual gags, some good one-liners, um, and yeah, a nice focus on Lisa, as, as Dan said, being a kid for a change and, you know, learning some valuable lessons about life. Fun stuff. I, I, I didn't not enjoy <laughs> the girl who slept too little. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, what did I learn? That the geography of Springfield is weird and should not try to be navigated by any sane person. Yeah, well, I, I originally, my thoughts were that we don't even see the, the, like, does the cemetery get moved back to where the Stamp Museum is? Or is the cemetery going to be there forever now? If the Stamp Museum is now part of Springfield, where does the cemetery go? But then I remember there's been so many episodes, like the monorail, for example. Like, we never saw it again. Like, it was just, <laughs> things just happen in Simpsons episodes and you just move on to the next one. You know, you just got to... I think we forget sometimes that this shit was happening in the golden era as well, but we just look oh, yeah. we look at it with such a positive mindset and nostalgic mindset that we, we accept it. Where now we're looking... A lot of people were looking for things to hate on The Simpsons because it wasn't the show they remember, but it's like, it's always been this way. Yeah, but the stories were so fun and so entertaining yeah. that it's like, oh, well, you don't mind if there's a, you know, a few gaps in credibility there. But, you know, when you're not as entertained and not as distracted, that's when your mind starts going, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. 
I learned, though, that I need to somehow get in touch with Marge Simpson and work out how to build a fucking retaining wall of pillows. Because sometimes when I'm laying in bed, I'm like three quarters of my body is off the bed and Ali's just like fucking s- legs, arms <laughs> spread, spread out. <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 17. It is Round 2. The current leaderboard stands at this in third position on one point, Fergus Jeffs. In second point, Ryan, uh, second position, I should say, on two points is Ryan Dunlap. And in first position is Nora Coker on three points. Hit me, Mr. Davis. What have we got this week? Well, we have one honourable mention before Ooh. we get down to the points. And that goes to Where the Wild Things Aren't. Ah, nice title there. Very simple. I enjoy it. That is Jordan Saville. Well done, Jordan. Jordy Saville. Nice one. Uh, one point goes to Six Feet Slumber. Oh, I like it. David Mott. Give us that one. Very good. Motty. Nice work, Motty. Uh, two points go to Frady and the Stamp. That is Nora Coker. Ooh, two points. She got three points last week. She now got two. She's on five points. Well done, Nora. Oh, nice one, Nora. And three points go to while you weren't sleeping. Ooh, he's done it again. It's our man Luke McKay with his first three-pointer for the season. Whoosh. Nothing but net. Nothing nice one, but Luke. net indeed. Yes, But nice one to everyone oh. for, yes. for some, yeah, some very good alternative titles uh, thrown about this, uh, this time around. Well done. All right. So that means in first position, we still have Nora Coker on five points now, five points ahead of uh, Luke McKay, who was on three points in second position. And on two points, we have Ryan Dunlap in third position. All right, guys, remember, if you want to be a part of this, you just got to be a supporter of Four Finger Discount on Patreon. Our link is in the description of this podcast. JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh! All right, Mr. Davis, it's now time for some mailbag for the girl who slept too little. Let's get up those questions. I must say, though, by the way, because you always post in the Patreon group a little um little tagline for getting people to... um to sign up or to, to, to uh, contribute to the mailbag. I always enjoy your little spiels. <laughs> Thanks, it's, never just, it's never just, give us questions. It's always just like something episode related. <laughs> it's like you just can't help yourself. It's good. It's just the, uh, the writer coming out in you. But first question here comes from Harrison McClure. He says, what was something that scared you a lot as a kid when he was super little, age four or five, he was terrified of being in the cinema? Oh. Oh. I remember that one of the first times I went to the cinema the lights went out. We're watching Aristocats. They must have like re-released it or something. And all the lights went out and all the kids were screaming and terrified. That was a memory that I remember being scared of the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, plus also I pissed my pants seeing Casper in 1993. It's also in that old 90- Was it 93? Casper? 94? 90- or was it 95? That was 95, wasn't it? It might have been 95. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was like busting for the toilet and like it was so close to the end. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. And Dad's like, it's nearly finished. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I can't hold this. <laughs> Fits my pants. <laughs> oh my god! But um, but yeah. So what was something that you were very scared of as a kid? I was very. I was just scared of sleeping at someone else's house. I was just one of those kids that like even like school camps. It was hard to get me to go to school camp. I just. Okay. I don't know why. I look back now, and I'm so disappointed that I missed out on so many memories. But I think it stemmed from myself being a bedwetter. I wet the bed mm. till I was about 10, 11 years old, and um, I can't even explain why. And it's just like one day, I just stopped pissing the bed. It was weird, mm. but. Um, I think because I was so afraid of wetting the bed in front of my friends, I yeah. didn't want to go. Yeah. No, but what, what were you scared of? I had a terrible fear of being kidnapped. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was, uh, certainly when I was in single figures, I think because- Is it because you watched, have you checked the children? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was terrifying when a stranger calls. What a good um, fucking opening to a m- movie. 
Yeah, I don't think no one remembers anything beyond like it's no. it's got like three acts, but everyone just remembers all the stuff with you know the phone calls and have you check the children on that. Oh, it's so scary. If, if, that, um, if that was just a short film, it would be like beloved. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think all this was even before though. I saw when a stranger calls or when that was happening, yeah. but uh, I think because the house that I grew up in. For a while, I was sleeping not so much in a room, but we had, you know, you'd go up the stairs to the to the first floor or second level or whatever it was, and there were rooms on either side of the of the stairs, but there's also like a little landing area in the middle, like a you know, foyer area, yeah, yeah. and that's where my bed was. And, you know, there was a, a window and a, and a door backing out onto a balcony, which my bed was up against. And I was always terrified that someone would get onto the balcony, come in that door and snatch me and take me away. And I'm like, you can go to sleep. So, yeah, that's what I was scared of when I was a kid, even though you know, I'm highly irrational. It's like, who'd, who'd want to kidnap me? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a very vivid memory, a very, very yeah. vivid, scary memory. Okay. I've, I've said in the past that we lived in England for a year when I was, yeah. uh, when I was little. I was about, oh, when I was little, about nine years old. And we stayed at this bed and breakfast for the first couple of weeks while we were sorting out a house when we got there. And there was... S- the owners of the uh, bed and breakfast had like a, a son who was probably a teenager, he was probably about 14 or 15. And he sort of had that very, he was very pale. He had sort of dark hair. He looked a bit like, you know, Damien the Omen child, but a bit more okay. grown up. And I remember one day I was out sort of playing in the, um, you know, like kids do, out in the backyard or whatever. And I looked up and I could see him looking at me through the window and he just had this really creepy look on his face. And I legitimately screamed. I was like, ah! Yeah. And he just thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> like, you, you shit. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've got, um because we just had the, the veranda built in the back of our house, so we had trees on the back fence that had to be removed to, for the veranda to go in. And now the double stories that are sort of, not directly behind us, but across a couple... We were out there playing the other day, and there was just this little girl just, like, looking out the window. And I was like, okay, this is getting weird. Come <laughs> so play like, with me. Yeah, cause I'm, I, I looked up, and we were just looking at each other. And I was like, yeah, I can see you. And about five yeah. seconds goes by, and I'm like, all right, I better stop looking at this little girl. I'll end up on a list. So I started playing with the kids again. <laughs> and I look up, like, like, ten seconds later, and she's just still staring at us. And I was like, is it weird? Like, should I take the kids inside now? Is this creepy? What am I doing here? Probably you're having so much fun that they're like, I want to be part of this fun too. Yeah, what am I doing up here in my bedroom? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> next question comes from Ryan Dunlap. What's the scariest thing that ever happened to you or happened in your neighborhood, whether it be when you were a kid or as an adult? Ooh. The scariest thing that happened in our neighborhood. Oh, yesterday, some these kids that live like not across the road but up a few houses, they thought it'd be wise to shoot arrows up into the sky and what? they hit our cars, hit our neighbors' cars. What? The arrows were like lead, and they like scratched the roofs of everyone's cars. They were shooting arrows up into the sky, and then our neighbor was like called her, yelled out to her mum saying, "You fucking kids have shot arrows!" And she goes, "It's okay, they're legal. It's o- it's legal to possess them, <laughs> not fire them." <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna yeah? You gonna pay for the damage to my car? And they and they're you? like, "Oh, we just thought of we we sh- we're just shooting them up into the sky." I'm like, "Yes." At people, <laughs> but just they imagine, go up, they come like, down. They, Have they you come not heard down that too, you dickhead. <laughs> just because oh, you couldn't man. see them come down. So yeah, um, that wasn't okay, necessarily scary. scary but, yeah, but anyway, uh, what well, scary things in the neighbourhood? Like just people setting off crackers and stuff at the front always gets me. I don't know. What about you? This isn't scary so much as like weird. Um, 
But I remember, I mean, I worked from home and I, you know, had the window open so could see out to, you know, the, the street. And I hear this, mm, 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 mm. so, you know, beats from someone's car stereo. This guy pulled over, left the engine running, mm, mm, mm. next to a, next to a, uh, oh, this a the piss tree on pissed. the street. Is this the mm. guy pissed? Just the yeah. Guy yeah, you told this story. <laughs> yeah, and this was like in the middle of the day. This is like two o'clock in the middle of the day. Yeah. And this is, you know, I'm not in a remote area. I mean, I'm in a quiet suburb. But, I mean, this guy just got out of his car, left his car running, not, you know, pulled out the old chap and just took a leak against a tree. I mean, <laughs> I've got heard back of, in the car mm, 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 and drove off. I've heard of dance like there's nobody around, but piss like there's nobody around. <laughs> <laughs> and I was around. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll like this question. Reese Roberts, he says, what is your favourite Stephen King adaptation or reference in The Simpsons? Stephen King is his favourite writer. Oh, well, that's good taste, Reese. Um, oh, golly. Has Reese said one? Because I'm, I'm trying to think. No, well, we've got the shinning, obviously. Shinning, yeah. Ned Zone. The Blunder Years referenced the film Stand By Me. That was the one where they found the dead body in the water, remember? And okay. Homer was screaming. Do you remember that one? I do. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he appeared in the episode Insane Clown Poppy himself. That was the one where, where Krusty's daughter finds it. The Blunder Years, which was Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think the big one's got to be No TV, No Beer, Make Homer Something Something. Right? That's like just a, The Shining in general. Yeah, from The Shining. Yeah, yeah. I think The, the Shining has got to be one of just the best parodies, like adaptations that The Simpsons have ever done. For anything really, isn't it? It's just I the reckon most. So. It's, yeah, it's really one of the most iconic. Yeah, I do love the Indiana Jones opener, the episode where Homer becomes the ball rolling down the stairs right. and stealing the money jar. <laughs> That's really fun. Um, but I think that the Shining or the Shinning has got to be, well, yeah, definitely one of the best. All right, we'll do a couple more questions and we'll wrap this up. Andy Kozlowski says to us, "Has Geelong ever built a museum or cemetery in your backyard or other residential neighbourhoods? Ever ever built something close that people are annoyed about? We used to have the cement works that were sort of close to where you live, and that was a." It was like a Geelong icon for a long while, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It stopped making cement, but people kept it around because it's like, oh, it's an icon of Geelong. Uh, it's like, uh, really? no, not really. It was just sort of a, a, <laughs> a manufacturer of dust. I always, as a kid, that was a place I wanted to go, like the abandoned Geelong Cement Works. I always wanted to go in there and check it out. It just looked like a place that would be, shenanigans could be had. My nephew Rory used to be in a metal band and he used yeah, to was make- Yeah, was it Lamort? Lamort, yeah, and he used to make their videos as well. And uh, I think they broke in there once because it looked very sort of, you know, post Every emo video was ever shot in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, not really an official museum or anything like that, but uh, yeah, certainly a monument to Geelong's history. The, uh, the cement works up. Uh, I live not far from it now. Yeah. We just had our neighbours literally behind their house. So, a we have like a corner sort of near our house and just around the corner directly behind them they've now built uh a we don't say mental hospital we say what do we say uh mm. whatever like a rehab center yeah. i guess you could say maybe of some kind that's a good point yeah good way directly point. behind them and just basically said hey by the way by the way guys you may see all this construction going on this is what we're building and everyone's like I'm not thinking what a rehab center over the back fence <laughs> <laughs> i think a little consultation might have been and, nice and they sort of like jumped up and down. But the, the problem was that all these people behind them used to we have Grace McCullough Centre, which is a place for the, the elderly and things like that like yes. when they, who are sick. Um, but along that fence line was all, all these gum trees. And they chopped all the fucking gum trees down to build a car park for the, for the rehab, rehab. centre. Mm. That was what annoyed everyone the most. So like, we had this nice looking backdrop behind our house. Now it's just fucking... A giant building that's got lights on at all times because it's for the car park and they're working oh 24 hours. Oh, working no. Late night shift. So these big floodlights are just always on behind their house now. Upsetting. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's happened to us. But one more question. Brian Hughes, is, isn't Gumby awesome? He knows that guy loves him some pokey. Apparently you love pokey. Um, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is honestly news to me. Maybe that's a euphemism for something else. Pokey? I mean, I'm aware of Gumby and Pokey. Oh, um, <laughs> I did find a, like a, um, a screen grab of Gumby. Um, he was sitting in bed and he was saying something like, hot ziggity. Um, and I would tend to use it whenever anyone on social media would put up like a, a picture of an attractive lady. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's I, where that came from. Maybe that's what, uh, what our pal Brian saw. I just remember the theme song when I was a kid. Like, he can change into anything with these pals, Pocky, Prickle and Goo. I love theme songs that explain the story. I've said this before. Well, you know, <laughs> you, don't know what the, you don't know what the show's about. You can't remember what the character's about. Just look at the theme songs. Like, oh, yeah, I know all the characters now. I know what the show's going to be about. <laughs> I, I, can de- I can decide if I want to watch this show purely from the intro music. I, I love it when it does that. But um, anyway, all right, that is enough mailbag for the girl who slept too little. The next season 17 episode of Four Finger Discount, we will be reviewing the episode Millhouse of Sand and Fog, which is an episode that I watched the other night and I really enjoyed it. It's where, I won't spoil mm-hmm. it for you, but I think the problem was with this episode, I will say going going ahead, I'll give you a bit of a, a hot tip. The one thing was they sort of forget the main story and turn it into a Homer and Marge story when in my opinion, it didn't need to. And you okay. know exactly what I'm talking about when you're watching it. So it's a really interesting story that could have still been explained and, and delved into further. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's like they went, oh, there's not enough Homer and Marge, not enough Simpsons in this. Let's make it about Homer and Marge. It's like, we've already been here. We've already done this. Can we not focus on someone else? But that's that was my sort of take of that episode. But overall, I enjoyed it. So the next episode of seven, season 17 will be Millhouse of Sand and Fog. Also got plenty more uh, revisits from the golden era of The Simpsons with some upcoming guest stars that we can't quite announce here yet. But Ooh. um. There's some really good names coming through soon, guys. So you're going to be excited to see those ones and get those ones in your ears. But this has been The Girl Who Slept Too Little. I hope you enjoyed the review. Don't forget, if you do enjoy everything we do here, you can support us on Patreon. Links in the description of this podcast. You know what you get, all the freebies you get by now. Also, check out our other podcasts. They're all The links for those are all in the, um, in the description of this as well. We've got Going Down to South Part, Talking Seinfeld, The One About Friends, Tales of Futurama is available exclusively on our Patreon channel. Movie reviews on there as well. We just reviewed The Sandlot Kids, as well as our upcoming podcast. Or I think by the time the, the normal feeds listen to this, it's our new podcast, Speaking of the Hill. So if you do like yourself some King of the Hill, even if you've never watched it, check out that podcast and you can join us on this journey through a show that seems to be very, very beloved. 259 episodes of uh, of Hank Hill goodness. Oh my goodness. 259 episodes. Oh, we're going to be talking till the end of time. We are indeed. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here. We do appreciate all of your support tuning into the show each week. Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners out there? I'm just curious. Um, what is it about the slime that chicks don't dig? Shh.